Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, 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 you guys. I am so excited to tell you all about this episode that I actually just got done recording. And as you guys know, I always love to create these little intros of all my episodes to let you know about what this is going to cover, what we're going to be getting into today, what kind of stories are going to be shared, and just what to expect from this episode and what you might take away after listening to it. So this one, I was happy to get into a conversation with my guest, who I'm going to be introducing you guys to in a moment. He is so cool, so awesome. He comes on and he shares this technique with me, this technique called EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it's something that he used himself that helped him overcome such a dark, dark place in his life helped pull him out of that and actually inspire him to want to become a practitioner, practicing this method, teaching other people how to overcome certain roadblocks and hurdles in their own lives. So I was super excited to hear about his story because as you guys know, I always love, love hearing people's stories, their, you know, their lowest moments and their struggles that they experienced and what they learned from those moments and took away from those times in their life to help them move forward and overcome certain obstacles and overcome certain things that they feel like are holding them back and preventing them from really feeling fulfilled and happy in their moment in their life right now. So he shares that story with me and I am excited to bring it to you guys in this new episode right here, right now. And he also tells me about this technique and more specifically about how it has helped him actually come out of a place where he was, he was once so terrified to even leave his own house after going through something that we're going to be getting into in the episode. So something happens and he feels like in that moment, he is not able to come out of his house and leave his house and do different things. But through this technique and through what he has learned from this and doing this consistently has actually helped him get to a point where he went out and left his house and started his own antique shop, which I think is super cool, really interesting part of his story as well that we're going to be getting into in the episode. But overall, I just think this is such a cool thing that I had no idea about before. 
I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything about it before I had this conversation with my guest and sat down, sat down with him virtually and chatted with him about his story, what this technique has done for him and other people he knows and other people he has worked with. So he shares that with me and really has honestly educated me on what this is. Because like I said, you know, I had no idea what it was. And I always love to bring things like this to the podcast because I like to feature different experiences, different stories from people about things that everyone might not know what these different techniques are, what they what they could potentially do to benefit you for your mental health and your mindset. So he shares that with me. And that is what we're going to be diving to diving into in this episode this week, guys. So I hope you enjoy this one. And as always, feel free, never hesitate to reach out to me. You can drop me a DM on my Instagram at Crooked Illness. Let me know what you think of the episode or any other episodes. I'm always super happy and super jacked to see what everyone has to say. I love responding to you guys and chatting with you all about the episodes, about the content in the episodes. So you can reach out to me there. And if you really loved this episode and enjoyed it, I would really appreciate it if you would drop me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can go over there, leave me a five-star review, leave me a little comment of what you think. And I always love looking at those and reading those. So thank you guys. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Crooked Illness. As you guys can see from the title of today's episode, we are going to be diving into a special technique that has helped my guest live life fulfilled as his authentic self. Joining me today is Eric Almeida, an emotional freedom technique practitioner who works with his clients to tackle their emotional pain to live their fullest lives. I am so excited to have Eric here to dive into the work he does, what it means, how it is beneficial, and how it has transformed his life. So without further ado, I want to welcome Eric to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Paris. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yes, of course. I'm excited to have you on and to talk about this thing we're going to be getting into because it is very exciting and something that I actually did not know anything about before we met and had a conversation. But before we go ahead and get into that, I would love to hear your story. So let's start with that. (laughs) Absolutely. So essentially, a couple of years ago, I was working in subsidized housing and very left brain oriented, very rigid, you know, government paperwork, all that jazz. And I was very, very far from my path. And I was ignoring the emotional part of myself. I was ignoring all of that of me and it's leaning so heavily onto one half of myself. And I knew that there were things I needed to deal with that, you know, my mind kept saying, Hey, there, there's stuff here to talk that we need to, to work on. And I was just like, no, no, no. Like I just got to keep, you know, going through the day. And then one day my mind was like, nope, we've had enough. And I ended up having a really horrible panic attack at work. And for anyone who's never had a panic attack, they, they are truly terrible. I, I didn't know what it was at the time. I honestly thought I was having a heart attack and I, I ended up calling my husband and leaving him a voicemail, basically saying goodbye because I, I really, I really thought that was the end. And so he, he really did not appreciate that when he heard that message. And, um, you know, luckily the paramedics showed up 
and they knew exactly what was going on right away and they took care of me and they helped calm me down and they you know they said to me like this is a panic attack you're you're freaking out it's okay and i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and it got me to a point where i was a little bit more stable and then my husband was able to pick me up and take me home and after that happened you know i tried to go to work the next day and i'd either be driving there I tried a couple of times in the next couple of days and I'd either get there and then immediately start freaking out and have to leave. Or there were times where I would be about like halfway down on the highway and be like, nope, nope, nope. And just have to turn around. Wow. Yeah. I remember, cause I remember you telling me about that story of the first panic attack and especially having that at work and never having one before. So you don't even know what what really oh, is no. happening and spent, you know, thinking it's a heart attack and thinking, okay, I'm going to leave my husband this voicemail saying goodbye. And he hears that. And is just like, what is happening? What's going on? Rushing to see what's happening with you. And just, you know, I can't even imagine that just being in that situation in that moment and experiencing that. And then, and then after the fact, getting told by paramedics, this is what it is, you know, it's a panic attack. And of course, you know, trying to go back the next day, go back to work and just, you know, go about your day like usual and having that really cause just a major interruption in your life. So yeah, that's scary for. Absolutely. And what I didn't realize at that time was that I was really white knuckling it a lot of the times. I was white knuckling it through all the stress with work and everything like that. And after that panic attack, I couldn't do that anymore. Like all of my confidence in my own mental strength was gone. And it, it got to, so I ended up taking a medical leave from work because I was like, I tried to go into work maybe two or three days in a row and it was like, I just can't. And wow, I ended up taking. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up taking a medical leave from work and um, it got really bad very quickly after that. I ended up becoming agoraphobic. I, I was scared to leave my house. I, as crazy as it sounds, I was scared to leave one room in my house. Like I kind of confined myself to like the downstairs bedroom and just wouldn't want to leave. My husband would come in and check in me and be like, are you okay? And I'd just be like in the fetal position being like, being like I'm hanging in there, I guess. Oh. And yeah, it was, it was rough. It was very, very rough. And he was so freaked out. And he was like, I don't know. He was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. How and long did that last for the, like the time you were in that stage of with agoraphobia? How long was that? How long did it last? Um, a good couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. Like it was real. Like. The first week or so, it was like, like I said, I couldn't, like, I didn't even want to leave that one room. Like I'd go into the kitchen, grab food and then go right back in like kind of like lock myself in there. And, you know, luckily, you know, I had, I connected with a therapist prior to all this happening who incorporates the EFT work into her practice. And so I immediately called her up a few days after all this happened and was like, you know, Sarah, I'm like, I need your help. I need your help now. And she made room in her schedule, thank God for her. And we were doing sessions over the phone because I was like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable to, to drive to you. And she was like, no, that's fine. We can do this over the phone. And so I was, I was having sessions in that guest bedroom with her in the beginning. And you know, she was helping calm me down and just kind of process everything and just kind of 
you know, all of this emotional stuff that I have been pushing down so much basically just exploded out everywhere. And like, I'm yeah. basically like covered in my emotions being to saying to Sarah, like, like what the hell happened? Like I just like exploded in a weird wow. way. And I remember that you telling me a little bit about that experience with Sarah, who was the therapist and she incorporated EFT into therapy sessions and you were doing them over the phone. And then eventually you went in in person. But what I thought was really cool is that during that time, you actually ended up opening a store, right? Actually, yes. After- yeah. yeah. So the, so I ended up after maybe a couple of sessions with her over the phone, I got the courage to end up seeing her in person. And then after maybe about a month or two, I ended up formally leaving the job, ending the medical leave. And then just kind of just being like, I'm in rebuilding mode. And I was doing that with her. And then, so the panic attack happened in the early summer of two years ago. And then by, by about, September, October, I got to the point where not where the agoraphobia completely was gone. And then I was actually playing with, I was like, I was trying to find what to do next. And I ended up settling on the idea of opening an antique store. And it was always kind of my, when I retired job. Yeah. That's so cool. I remember you telling me about just, just how amazing that is from going from the place you were in of being, of having agoraphobia and being so scared to even leave one room and go into the kitchen. And then, then here you are after, you know, your appointments with Sarah, these sessions, and then having the courage to actually go out and start and open up your own antique store, which is, you know, quite, seems like quite the contrast, right? Especially if, for what you've got experienced. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, it was because of the EFT in particular. Like I, I had seen therapists throughout my life. Sarah w- is technically my fourth therapist. And the other therapists, you know, they helped in their own ways. But the incorp- with, with her with the EFT work, it's, it dives in so much deeper when it comes to your emotions. And for me, for being so long, being disconnected from my emotions, it was a way for me to reconnect because what, well, this was very common for me for a very long time where like an event would happen and I would feel it maybe like three days later and I wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah. (laughs) I I was so disconnected from my emotions for a very, very long time. And so so I, I would love to hear about EFT. So your experience, Mm -hmm. I would love to hear what was your experience like with EFT and then what inspired you to get certified and start working with clients yourself? For sure. So for people who don't know, so EFT stands for emotional freedom technique. Essentially you are tapping on acupressure points on the body and it's based off of Chinese herbal medicine. So yeah, there's a tiny bit of woo woo in touch with it when it comes so to So related EFT. to acupuncture. Yes, exactly. Relationship. Yeah. So there's yeah, any, rel- there's 10 points, right? 10 points. With the technique that I was trained, there are 10 points that we oh, do. There okay. are more than that, but the 10 points are the main ones that activate all of the, all of the meridians in the body. So there's oh, wow. 14 meridians, but 10 points activate all of them because some of the points cross. And so, so when you're in session doing the EFT work like I was with Sarah, and you're talking about whatever's going on and you're tapping on the points like I am now, so top of the head and eyebrow inside of the eye and et cetera, et cetera. And as you're tapping on the points, 
the tapping on your body helps calm down the, the fight or flight response that you're experiencing from whatever you're talking about. So as helpful as the fight or flight response is, when you have an active danger in front of you, when it comes to a memory, especially a traumatic memory, that system is being activated again, even though you're not in danger. And so if you ever had an experience where you were like very embarrassed by something and you think about it now in the present, you can still get a rapid heart rate, you can still get clammy palms, you can still you know, lose the blood from your face. And that is your fight or flight response kicking in again unnecessarily. And so when you're doing the tapping, it calms down the fight or flight response and allows you to really connect with those emotions again and process them and let them go. Because essentially in the moment, either you didn't let yourself feel the emotions or the emotions were so severe that your body is like, we can't handle all of this right now. So we're just going to shove this down. Yeah. And by reconnecting kind of relate to like over too overwhelming at the time. Yes. So it's, so that's what it is. So with the EFT, it helps to take away that fight or flight response that you have, you know, even though the event is over, you're still feeling those feelings as if you were still there. So doing that helps kind of pull you out of that place. So you can actually process it and get dive deeper into that to overcome that. A hundred percent. Exactly. And so Initially, when you're tapping on something, when you're tapping on a memory, you're, you process the strongest emotions first, and then those start to dwindle. And what commonly happens is that as those stronger emotions start to dwindle, other details start to surface from the memory that, might, that you might not remember because maybe it's just the fear that is so strong. And then you're realizing, oh my God, I didn't realize that like, I was kind of ashamed by that, or I was really angry at this person for what happened. you know. And then you end up processing those emotions as well as well and the goal of EFT is to get the mem the get the emotional charge of the memory down to nothing mm. so that the memory turns into just a series of facts it becomes okay. kind of yeah takes all the color out of it takes all the emotion out of it becomes just dry information it's like i was born in the state i went to school at the state i graduated at the state it becomes very factual Wow. And it gets to the point where actually you actually can have a hard time remembering the memory again because your brain's kind of like, oh, this isn't important to us anymore. We can let this go. I love that. Has, was there a moment when you, were, when you were doing the sessions with Sarah that was there a moment that you experienced that was indicating to you that I want to do this? I want to work with people practicing EFT or how did, how did you get interested in uh, practicing it? So when it, the idea of becoming a mental health worker was actually the first career goal I wanted to do. Oh, wow. So when I, yeah, when I graduated from college, I went to UMass Amherst and I graduated with a psychology degree with the, the intention of becoming a clinician. And right after college, I worked at a residential program for uh, children with who are having emotional problems. And I did that work for about a year and it was, it was really tough work. You know, you're working with kids and their stories are just so heartbreaking. And so many of them were from the foster care system and it was so rough. And I, I left that job being like, as much as I want to help people, this is, I, I'm not strong enough to take on that kind of pain. Mm. 
Yeah. I remember you actually telling me a little bit about that because we were talking and you were saying that was initially what you wanted to do was to go to get, you got your degree in psychology and go in and become a clinician. And then after having that experience, you know, for a year working with children and who are having different emotional challenges and really seeing that and being there and saying, wow, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's not what you thought it was, you know, it's not what you thought it would, was going to be like. For sure. For sure. And for anyone who's in this, like for anyone who's a social worker or works in that world, burnout is so, so common because it's just, there's a lot of pain in the world and, you know, social workers and therapists and everything and everything under the sun that when it comes to mental health, that's a lot to take on. And that can be a whole new episode, that topic. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. For sure. And so essentially when I was doing the work with Sarah, and I, you know, she was even telling me part of her own story of how she used to be a super anxious person. And then she did all this EFT work herself. And she was the calmest, most serene person I had ever met. And it was real. Yeah, because like didn't you meet her? She, she was speaking. She came and spoke to a group that you were in. And you, you thought after that, you were like, there was no way that this person, you know, could have anxiety at the level she's talking about because she just seemed so just not even phased by doing that at all. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I was introduced to her in the business group that I was part of when I was working in hospitality. She was representing her, her therapy business and she was, and her feature presentation that she gave was talking about that. And I was like, and she was saying like, I used to be super anxious and have a hard time. And I was like, there's no way like there, like, like there's so much calm from coming off of her that it's, it was, it drew me in. I'm like, I'm like, I've never met a person this just level. Wow. And so- Just seems so comfortable getting up there and having like the confidence because especially, you know, with speaking in front of people, there's, it's a lot of people don't like that and hate public speaking. So to see somebody do that and come in and, you know, talk about the therapy practice, the EFT, and you're just sitting there looking at her, listening and saying, wow, you know, you struggled really badly with anxiety and all these things and just being completely shocked by that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I'll be perfectly honest. There was a time where I hated public speaking. There was a time where doing something like this, like talking to you on a podcast would petrify me beyond belief. And so like, I saw where from her stories, I saw where she came from and where she was today. And since I was doing all that work on myself because of the panic attack, I was like, I want to get to that point where I can like, give that gift to other people Mm, because the person that I am today. So I had this panic attack. It'll be, it'll be two years this summer coming up. Wow. And the person I was when that panic attack happened compared to a year ago, vastly different. And then another year again to today, unrecognizable. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm immensely more confident. I'm immensely more outgoing. I'm immense. I'm a lot more emotional in a positive way, like feeling my emotions as I should feel them live instead of them being delayed by some weird (laughs) amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) And just being really able to just be more confident and serene with life and then just having drive. Yeah. Cause I remember before, you know, when we started out our first conversation you were sharing with me about the job you had and this was the job where where was the where was the one where you had the panic attack 
that was the housing, subsidized, housing, subsidized yep. housing. Yeah. And talking to me about that and how, you know, you just, you weren't happy. You, you oh, weren't, God, no. you weren't really, you know, you didn't feel like you, you were being yourself and you just felt like you were kind of going about your days and just kind of stuck in this routine that was really sucking almost the life out of you and taking so much from you. And just, you know, and that's kind of, you share with me why you think the panic attack happened is because of you were just, you know, you weren't dealing with it. You were just trying to continue, keep going, moving forward. And then all of a sudden, just like, boom, it just happened. And then that really forced you, right? It forced you to realize this is the situation you know this is how my life is i don't like it i'm not enjoying this and how do i fix this and get out of this place so just really having that like moment with that with that panic attack absolutely like i, I it's funny in hindsight i like to just i like to describe it as like i had these i had warning signs for a long time before that and i knew i was having them and i was ignoring them and now i i visual, it's almost like my psyche tried to be nice and it's like, well, you're not going to listen. So it, like, it basically came up with a bat and just knocked me out and dragged me back to where I needed to go. And as crazy as this sounds, I'm immensely grateful for it yeah. because it, yes. it forced me to realign my life back to the path I'm supposed to be on. Wow. And that's amazing. Yeah. And like, trust me, for anyone who's had a panic attack, for someone to say they're grateful for it, they're probably thinking I'm nuts. Yes, because it is. It is a horrible, That's horrible experience. So true. And trust me, I never want to have one again. No, <laughs> but um, but no, it's. It was the course correction I needed because I knew, I wasn't gonna do it unless I had no choice. Mm -hmm. And I even had those thoughts of like, I can handle this. I can just keep pushing past this. It's not a big deal. These issues I'm ignoring, I can keep ignoring them, and my yeah. psyche's like almost we're, we're like if it out. didn't happen, you you still might have might be in the same place, you know, continuing to try to push through, push through and just, you know, like you said, feeling like you have no choice, but to, but to face this and deal with it. And that was really, that was what that panic attack was for you, you know, and not saying like, Oh, I, I'd love to have another one again because of that, but just realizing and seeing and appreciating, even though it was terrible and horrifying. And cause I, I had one, so I had one before, so I can say, you know, a little bit about what I, what I experienced. It's not good. It's not fun, but being able to look at that experience and say, wow, like if with what this did for me and, and making me see, you know, all the options you had for yourself, how to pull yourself out of that job that you didn't like and go out and try different things, you know, start your antique shop, do that. And then, and then through these EFT sessions, really realizing how much you, how much it has done for you and really curing, taking you from being agoraphobic, horrified, scared of leaving your house and a room in your house to being able to go out and start a store is crazy, you know, cause you would never <laughs> think that someone who has such a fear on that level could do that, but you going through that and doing that and then really being to, able to credit that to the sessions that you've had with Sarah through EFT, I think that's amazing. So I would, I would love if you could walk me through what a session of EFT looks like and what you can expect after completing your first session. For sure, for sure. So essentially, if a person's ready to, to do EFT work, um, as the practitioner, I would ask them, well, what, what is your goal with this kind of work? Is there some contemporary issue that you want to work on? is, you know, are you looking to just make a change in your life? You know, what is, what is the plan? Because I see myself as the practitioner, I see myself more as the guide and the client takes me where they want to go. 
So for example, using a very simple scenario, if someone's afraid of flying and they could, they could walk in and say, I'm really scared of flying. I don't want to be scared of flying anymore. And so I'd be like, all right, so let's work on that. So we would start typically, I would teach them the basics of EFT, of EFT with the 10 points throughout on the body, which they would do themselves. Um, which can be do, done remote or in person. Obviously, with COVID, it's everything's remote right now. Yeah, and that's tapping right on the ten tapping. points. So tapping you have on the ten points. T- head, top of the head, and yep. above so the eyebrow. So there's yeah different areas, and then they would do that while you kind of allow them to guide you through what they want to work on, right? So like with that flying example, being afraid of flying, that's a that's a good one. So. Yes. Yeah, so I would have them talk about what's going on with the flying as they're tapping, just so that they can let their emotions be processed as they're talking about it. And typically what would happen is after a couple of rounds of tapping as they're talking, and for your viewers, they can see me doing the tapping and I hear it a little bit. um, What tends to happen is that a typically some kind of memory will surface eventually. And it could take a couple of rounds before, it, before that happens, but usually a memory will surface. And using a very, the simple example of a fear of flying, let's say the memory comes up of, you know, when they were a little kid, they saw a really scary movie that involved a plane crash. And so we would be like, okay, so how strong is that memory? We would assess the memory on a scale of, of zero to 10, zero being there's no emotional charge, 10 being it is petrifying beyond belief and it's per- purely subjective to the person. They would, they would, guess what, how they feel about it or base it on their assessment there. And then we would tap down that memory and the details that come up from that memory until the memory is completely gone, brings them all the way down to zero. And, a, and in a very simple scenario, if it's only this one memory that's a source of this contemporary issue, once that memory is cleared, the contemporary issue should vanish. And that is a very, very simple scenario. Um, with most situations, Typically, it takes about three to five memories to be processed for something to be cleared and for the contemporary issue to, to start to go away or to be gone altogether. Wow. Yeah, I think that's so, so interesting. And especially how you, you know, use that example, because I love examples, you know, like being able to like understand something through something you're comparing it to, such as, you know, a person who's afraid of really afraid of flying and maybe won't get on a plane and feel they feel like they can't for whatever reason. And you talk about, you know, these memories that are tied to that experience. And, you know, like you said, more, maybe there's more than one or more than one thing connected to causing that fear. And we all have different things, right? Each person has their own, their own situation or thing that they want to work on or that they're struggling with. But I think that's, it makes it really easy to understand, especially with, you know, being able to lay out how that person can really, you know, feel more comfortable about having that conversation with you and getting to the root of what's causing it. Cause sometimes we don't, we don't know what it is. We, we know what's going on. We know there's something happening, but we don't always know what led up to this, what's causing this, what's, you know, making it worse. We just, we just know that something isn't right or isn't feeling right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it is t- pretty rare and pretty uncommon for someone to walk into you know an EFT session and be like it's this memory is causing this problem that would yeah. require an immense <laughs> amount of insight which hey it makes it makes everything much easier when someone walks in like that but that's usually not how it goes and a lot of times even if someone walks in being like you know 
you know, I think this memory is tied to public speaking or fear of flying or whatever it is, that usually isn't the only one. It's usually there, you know, there's usually more than one memory that tends to be tied to things. Like I said, it's for most people, like I said, it tends to be three to five memories you need to process. And then for severe repetitive issues or severe repetitive traumas, you could get closer to 10, mm. but it, those are in extreme cases. And one of the really nice things about the EFT work, so like someone might be saying, you know, let's use a rougher example. Let's say someone, you know, lives in a, in a household with, with trauma. Maybe they're being abused by a relative or a, a guardian or something like that. And that was something that ha was happening to them repeatedly over a span of years. There could be thousands of memories and you might be, and they might be thinking, I can't do that many memories. That's, that's going to take forever to get through it all. When you're doing the EFT work, you're focused on the, 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 the strongest memories that bring up if it's something recurring like this. And as you're tapping down those stronger memories, you're, you're also letting go of the weaker memories that are tethered to it. So if you imagine it like, like almost like little sand piles of, of trauma emotions. Yeah, and if you oh. did, if you remove the sand of one really tall pile all the way down to the bedrock, the sand of the other pile starts to come in and take its place a little bit, mm. but then they all shrink. So you go after the the big pillars, and those go down, and then all the smaller ones start to dwindle, and you take those up with them. I love that example. I think that's so beautifully put the way you describe that with the with the sand analogy of you know having this experience and all these memories that go along with it but you're trying to tackle you know the tallest one to deep make that one go down and then the other ones take that place and then working on that and how it's really a process right and we're mm -hmm. you know taking the steps to get get through that process and really overcome whatever the whatever the thing is that is you know, hard or difficult or, you know, making you feel, you know, a certain way and trying to come, come through that and tackle that. And I think that's an awesome, an awesome way to put that. Cause I think that's a great, I think that's a really good example. Thank you. Yeah. And the really nice thing with EFT is that this is your, you're working with your own body system. Your, 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 your mind or your psyche is not going to give you more than you can handle. Mm. And so as you're doing the tapping, it's only going to let you feel as much as you can handle. And your body is like purposely doesn't want to overload you, which is why it's repressed a lot of these emotions. And so as you're tapping on it and as you're bringing things down, your body, your mind tends to be like, oh, we, that's gone. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, how about this? Here's this other thing we've been holding back. Yes. And then this other thing comes up and then you tap that down and then you're there and then your mind's like, Oh, Oh, this is great. Wow. Like we're getting a, we're getting a resources <laughs> back. How about this one? And then you tap that one down and, and then eventually it's kind of like, we've got this really gnarly one over here. And it's like, you know what? You did those really rough ones. I think you can handle this really gnarly one. Mm -hmm. And then that tends to, that can happen too in session. We're like, all of a sudden this really like hardcore memory comes up that the person may not have ever wanted to talk about, but then it could, it surfaced because their mind is like, you can handle this. Mm -hmm. And we know that you've gotten through other ones that weren't as bad. Yeah. And so wow. it's very, it's very, very gentle. It, it's uh, me as the practitioner, I'm not pulling anything out of the client. I'm simply allowing whatever is ready to come up, to come up mm -hmm. and I help them let it go. Oh, I love that. 
That is so awesome. That's incredible. Well, you know, Eric, this has been so fun. I loved, I love chatting you know. with you and just hearing, yeah, hearing your experience, your own personal experience before EFT and then during the process and, you know, how it's been so helpful to you and overcoming so many different things, especially, you know, anxiety, agoraphobia, having that really crippling fear of leaving your home and kind of getting out of that situation and, you know, starting the antique shop and all just your whole story in general and kind of being able to see how helpful this has been to you and to so many areas of your life and how, you know, you've gained so much from this. So you decided to practice this and help other people through things that you've gone through. And I think that's amazing. And I always love to, you know, feature these kind of conversations and have people, you know, share their stories with me and, you know, different struggles or experiences, experiences they've had and things that they've faced. And how, how did you overcome that? What helped you come out of that? What did you learn from that? And I think that you did such a great job of kind of getting into that and explaining that for me. So I just wanted to say thank you for you for coming on Crooked Illness and having this talk with me today. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. Yes. And we also have a gift that I'm excited about. We have a coupon code for you guys. It is Crooked Illness. You will get $30 off your first EFT session with Eric when using that code guys. So I hope that everyone listening has enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it for you guys. And I hope that you all have a great rest of your day or nighttime, depending on when you're listening to this. And yeah. All right, guys. Bye guys. And bye, Eric. Bye Paris. Thanks so much. All right, guys, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.